Guys, and welcome to the bizarrest show on the internet where we get into the fringe, the strange, the out there. Welcome to Bizarre Encounters. I am the hippie Bigfoot Shane, along with the uh, corner creeping ghost. How's it going today, man? It's going good. Going good. Just standing in the corner creeping, like Ooh. always. Ooh. <laughs> Fuck your life! <laughs> Bing bong! <laughs> I got sound effects now, so I got to throw them in. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm excited to get into this, but before we do, let's, let's touch on a little housekeeping. Um, make sure if you like this show, go give us a five-star rating and review on Apple. I'm not a huge Apple supporter, but they are the biggest platform out there. Um, if you don't want to leave the review, just go to Spotify, hit the five-star walk away. Simple as that. Um, also if you want early access to our show, um, go to patreon.com forward slash my third eye podcast. I post it on my my end and Shane also posts it on Open Minds Media and and uh, his end as well. So Shane, why don't you let them know where they can get uh, your Patreon feed um, and see what they, they have to offer over there at, at the Open Minds Media. Uh, so Open Minds Media, I try to umbrella everything all under one. So the whole idea is that you get four shows instead of just one. So I've been sending the link to Ghost. So now we're offering uh, live access to the show. So if anybody wants to listen to the show as it's being recorded, uh, there will be links dropped right before we're about to do the show. So you guys can hop in and do that. Um, you can also, of course, get early access to everything. Um, and it goes on to the Open Minds Media spectrum that, you know, you get all of those kind of perks and a bunch of other perks that I've recently added um, as far as increase of our reality and all that kind of stuff goes. Um, if you want to donate and support the show in a different way other than Patreon, uh, we do have our Anchor set up where you can uh, support us through Anchor. Um, if you go all the way down to the bottom of where the description's at, it'll say something along the lines of support on Anchor. Uh, click that and you can donate whatever random amount you would like to donate to the show. Anything is appreciated, of course. Um, you can always go and get some merch from us too. Uh, I have the Open Minds Media merch store to try to make everything easy, put it all under one spot. You're going to find uh, all the Bizarre Encounter merch included there. Um, we also do have a collab design with Crypto Theology. So that's another option that you guys can get. That link is also on our link tree. Um, you'll see it. It'll say uh, Bizarre Combat. That's what we decided to title the shirt. And of course, while you're at it, go and uh, check out everything else that Joe does because he does a lot of awesome work when it comes to anything cryptid or alien related. Uh, that's why we, you know, 
bounce back and forth with them so well because uh, our design is pretty much us as Scorpion and Kano, and the rest of the Mortal Kombat playable characters are all cryptids. So yeah, he's got a lot of crazy, crazy cool stuff going on over there. So we mention on every show, and we can't say it enough. If you guys aren't already, che- aren't already checking out Crypto Theology, go and check out Crypto Theology because weirdly enough, not that you guys can see this because we are doing this strictly as audio, but Ghost and I are both wearing Crypto Theology t-shirts. So just so you know, we are supporting it. And not just telling you guys to support it. We, we wear this stuff ourselves, of course, because we love the design so much. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, Yeah, and I got I to gotta add one more thing to that, Shane. And it wasn't until I ordered my, my bizarre uh, combat shirts. Uh, if I know there's listeners in Pennsylvania. I'm stationed in central Pe- Pennsylvania. Joe is also from pennsylvania he's only about like two hours from me and when i found that out i messaged him like yo i didn't know you were a pennsylvania boy too and he's like yeah i was like yeah you're not far from me so it was it was an uh, an even better surprise to know that i not only is it a small uh local type business but it's based here in my home state so i i just got to give a shout out to that even though i do on my regular show rag on pennsylvania i'm not a big big fan of the state um, it is beautiful in its own right, and we do have people out here that you know put out good products, and I, you know such as Crypto Theology. So keep up the good work, Joe, and and thank you. The shirts comfortable, they're great, fit perfect, and love it. So, Joe, you're the best. Can't say that enough. <laughs> and uh, everything that we've mentioned, and uh, we forgot to mention it in the top, but of course, if you guys want to come and check us out on social media, and we also do have a Telegram set up, uh, you can find all of that stuff through our link tree. Um, put it all under one one place so it's quick and easy to find. Either uh, you can go down to the bottom of the page and it'll be down there, or you can go and check out uh, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Bizarre Encounters. And that's spelled B-I-Z-A-R-R-E. Like I mentioned, almost every show, there's multiple ways to spell bizarre, but we use it in the terms of something that's a weird phenomenon that sparks interest. So B-I-Z-A-R-R-E. And with that, welcome to the show, Tim Swartz. How's it going today? Hey, thank you for having me on tonight. It's a great pleasure. It's a pleasure to get to talk to you for the second time, because I've had you on my show, Increase All Reality, but you know, after our great conversation, man, I figured you had to come on to Bizarre Encounters, and you'd probably have a lot of very interesting stories and uh, ideas to share, of course. Uh, nah, sorry. Not tonight. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, 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 I do. I do. <laughs> I got a few ideas I can throw at you. <laughs> okay, that's fine. But uh, I guess to get everything rolling, um, for anybody that doesn't have kind of an idea about who you are, why don't you kind of give them a rough idea about who you are and uh, what you do exactly? Oh, sure. Well, um, gosh, <laughs> how do you uh, how do you start that? Um, I suppose that at this point in my life, you could uh, you could call me a uh, Fortean researcher and writer. Uh, in, in my previous days, um, I worked in television, just probably, uh, every aspect that, uh, you could, uh, imagine. I mean, I was a, uh, reporter, uh, producer, videographer, editor, uh, pushed cameras around in the studio, uh, you know, you name it. But, uh, you know, after you get to be, a, a certain age, you know, especially doing all of the, uh, uh, the, the the field work that I did in television, uh, you're you're kind of like oh, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, uh, I don't I don't I don't feel like doing a lot of this stuff because you know I mean you know, television I mean it's a, it's a very labor intensive uh, type of job, 
but uh but you know i mean uh on along with that i mean ever since i was probably around you know third or fourth grade when i was kind of of, of forced into uh the subject of ufos and the paranormal and ghosts and all that um i've had an interest in all of the, the you know things in the world of the weird uh, mainly because uh, you know people would come to me and uh, and want to tell me their stories you know uh, weird things that had happened to them uh, you know, in their life and you know, especially when I was a kid, you know, you had people that, uh, you know, like to make fun of you because they thought that you, you know, they thought I was, you know, the big uh, believer in little green men and uh, uh, flying saucers and stuff. Uh, but then they would come when there was nobody else around. Like I said, you know, they would, they would say, you know, I don't believe in this stuff, but, and then they'd <laughs> proceed to tell me a story about, you know, their family saw, you know, a UFO while they were on vacation or their, you know, their, their grandmother who had just died recently is, you know, showing up in his room in the middle of the night at the foot of the bed, you know, stories like that. And most of the people who tell me these stories, you know, they're not interested in getting any publicity about it or really in anybody else knowing what happened. They just want, I, I think a lot of people who have these kinds of experiences, they just want people, they just want to know that, first of all, that they're not crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that they, you know, that they had a real experience, whatever the interpretation of that experience is. And no, you're not crazy. You know, other people have had that kind of, uh, of of experience, and there probably will be more, you know, uh, uh, throughout time. And uh, uh, and you know, once you do that, once you listen to these people's stories, and they may never ever tell anybody else ever again, but just the fact that I listened to them and didn't laugh at them or or, or say they were crazy. That makes a big difference to a lot of people. You know, you, I've, I've seen people walk away and it was almost like you could see this weight has been taken off their shoulders. Because most people, with the exception of, you know, like us and your audience, who, who may be a lot more familiar with these kinds of things, most people have no interest, no real knowledge of, of the paranormal, and when they do have something that is out of their daily experience, they have trouble compartmentalizing that in their brains. You know, I mean, we've got, we've all got these, you know, like internal filing system where your day-to-day -day activities, you know, gets filed away. Get up in the morning, have breakfast, go to work, come home, do it all over again, you know, filed away. However, if you're going to work one day and suddenly this flying saucer lands in front of you and little, little gray guys come out and start picking up rocks and plants and stuff, how are you going to, how are you going to compartmentalize that in your head? You know, there's that, you know, your nuts file, which a lot of people, you know, they, they want to put, you know, they put that experience into, or a lot of people, just wanted to try to forget about it. It didn't happen. That sort of thing. When you start talking about 
some of these uh, experiences and, and trying to compartmentalize and and people don't want to uh, rationalize with it. I had a similar uh, conversation with my wife j- uh, just about m- uh, my main show and some of the topics that we cover. And it, she kind of said something. She's like, it kind of scares me some of the topics that you bring up. I said, it only scares you because it shatters your reality that you've been programmed to know. And once you step outside of that little bit, bit of a box of reality and start peering and looking and questioning different things, you start to find out people aren't as crazy as they come across, whether it's a alien abduction, uh, a, a cryptid encounter, um, seeing a ghost or being possessed. I mean, the list goes on and on. And it, I, I love how shows like The X-Files and, and since them, many more have maybe, I don't want to say normalized um, a lot of these experiences, but have brought them to light to where people aren't looked at and made fun of as much they're they're more uh believed up front than 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 shunned like they were 15 years ago you know what i mean it, it, or, or even maybe 10 years ago oh yeah exactly and you know the the other aspect of that is if it's like you said you know like like your wife said um if one of these things is shown to, I don't want to say to be, you know, to be true, but that, you know, a lot of people are having the same kind of experience, then maybe something else, maybe this, maybe that, you know, it just opens a floodgate of other possibilities that a lot of people really hadn't even considered, you know, uh, being true. Uh, You know, say like cryptic creatures like you know, like, like bigfoot or um uh, lake monsters or, or things like that you know a lot of people think eh, you know that's just you know that's television shows or or, or or comic books nobody nobody really believes nobody really sees things like that and then you know these stories stories start rolling in and it's like oh well you know maybe it is true well if that one's true what else what else could be true? Mm-hmm. What else could actually be happening? And so, you know, that's that's really what uh, uh, you know to me makes a lot of this this stuff so fascinating is is that and and the the, the reports that come into me from people who you know, like I said previously, had no interest really in um, publicizing themselves or their or experiences. So to me, that says a lot about this kind of stuff because, you know, the skeptics always say, well, it's just either, you know, uh, people hoaxing or mistakes of natural phenomena. And, and, well, I mean, uh, sure, I mean, there are people who uh, will hoax things for for various reasons, and there is natural phenomena that... uh, uh, that people misinterpret as being something else. But the fact that for centuries, people have reported the same kind of weird phenomena uh, time and time again, the majority of the time, most people have no idea that when they do report about their experiences, that's 
you could you know it's you could almost uh, uh, you know open a book and go to you know say like uh, uh, UFOs you know like you know strange UFO experiences and find a category that fits almost perfectly with what somebody has has just reported and you see that time and time again which to me tells me that there is something real going on what that is who knows that's why we're here talking about this kind of stuff <laughs> especially <laughs> considering too that a lot of people don't look into the people themselves they just try to categorize them as like oh they're crazy they must have been drinking and when it comes to like the sasquatch experiences more often than not the majority of the people who do experience them are people who have been in the woods for almost their entire life they know a lot about the woods like they're avid hunters so they're people that aren't going to be like saying willy-nilly like oh that's what that is it, it must have been like a sasquatch they're going to try to rationalize it with everything that they have from their whole life of their knowledge of being in the woods and even when it comes to like ufo type stories it seems like the most substantial stories are from people that have no knowledge of it whatsoever. They'll say their story, and then like you were saying, with previous stories, they'll realize that all of these things line up, but when you look at the people, people will be like, oh, they uh, you know, they made up the story because they read it somewhere, but these people like are more often than not are people that had no interest in the phenomenon to begin with, and so they don't have like a basis of starting. They're, they're just telling you exactly what they experienced, and yeah, a lot of people just look past that, and they'll just look at the experience, try to rationalize it through that without actually like looking into the people that are having these experiences in particular. I especially like the uh, the stories that come out from uh, uh, countries that maybe tend to be more have a more a rural population, uh, where say like a farmer who. Maybe it doesn't even have electricity. Uh, the only, you know, like a radio would be like a uh, a, a battery-driven one that you know they uh, listen to the uh, uh, you know the national radio system. May have no idea about UFOs or uh, uh, accounts of, of of occupants, and will come out and report an incident they had. Uh, that sounds, I mean, you could, you know, replicate it all over the world, very same type of type of story. Maybe the craft will look a little different or the occupants will be, you know, different, but the stories always tend to be so similar. And uh, uh, that's, you know, those are the kind of stories I really enjoy. There's one I was thinking of, I can't remember all the details now, about, uh, you know, uh, a rural farmer in uh, uh, Poland in the, uh, I think it was in the early 1980s, who was, uh, uh, driving home uh, in his uh, horse-drawn uh, uh, cart when uh, a couple little guys uh, kind of like almost were hitchhiking on the side of the road that they picked up and they took him down the road and there was like a landed UFO and of course he didn't describe it as a UFO. He said it looked to him like a bus that you would see in a big city except that it was standing on uh, uh, big metal uh, legs and uh, such a beautiful story and, and and again you know you you look at ufo history and you know you could you can find dozens if not hundreds of very similar types of reports you know majority of the time for people like you said um have no previous knowledge about the phenomena or about what other people have reported and not just ufos i mean you'll you'll find that um in in most of uh, the weird phenomena that uh, that we're talking about, you know, ghosts, Bigfoot, what have you. 
So I have a question, and it's probably one of the most famous abduction stories of all time. And when I came across it when I was a little boy, um, I, I believed it right out the gate. What is your take on Travis Walton and, and his abduction and what, what they, as young men, went through being investigated, being called liars, you know, thinking that they, they killed his, the, you know, their friend and this and that. And then he shows up and, and he has this crazy, bizarre story and he has not ever weighed one like his story's never changed. Like it's, it's always the, the same story. And he's, you know, from, from interviews that I've seen of him or whatever, I mean, I would love to get the chance to talk to the man, um, before, you know, before it's too late. Um, it, it, to me that, that validated a lot in my belief system as a, as a young boy in believing in aliens and alien abductions. Oh yeah, it's 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 a great story, and and like you said, I mean, Travis really has not embellished it or you know tried to add um, additional abductions. You know, after after the main story, you know, you'll you'll see that sometimes. You know, with with these people, that they'll have one experience, and then later we'll say that, oh well, you know, it's you know, it's happened again several times. That's that that never happened with 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 Travis, and uh, and the fact that uh, he had his crew with him that uh, they all uh, reported uh, the same thing. I I guess recently there's been one one person who has has said that. Uh, um, that it was a lie, that it was it was it was made up. But uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I've I've read something about it, but then you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of faded away. So uh, you know, the other ones kind uh, kind of alluded that there was maybe some some sour grapes involving money and things like that, you know, involved there's, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I, unfortunately with uh, a lot of times with these types of situations, you know, you have people who do, you know, they, they're, they look to make a buck off of their uh, experiences. Uh, but uh, as for Travis himself, I mean, um, I, I really, since I wasn't there, I mean, you know, I can't say for sure that, you know, he had a real experience from, but, but from what everything that, that he has said and his friends have said, and, you know, and like you said, the, the fact that he was gone for a number of days, um, and then just kind of, uh, uh, uh unexpectedly, you know, showed up and, uh, just outside that, uh, that little, uh, um, uh, restaurant i think is where it was to to you know, make the, make the phone call um and i should say to anybody who's listening um you know they made a they made a motion picture based on his story well don't don't watch that movie and think that's what happened <laughs> right they, they definitely <laughs> huh said it is oh, yeah, it is, yeah it, it is a good movie but it it is like you said it is hollywood Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it. Uh, you know, none of none of the like extraterrestrial torture that was taking place in the movie, you know, happened with Travis in 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 real life. Uh, so don't you know, don't 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 expect that. His his story is actually kind of uh, rather mundane. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, because when when he when he woke up inside wherever he was, um, uh, he was he was confronted by a couple of, of little uh, uh, blue guys, not gray, but blue. And it, as I think they said in the in the film, little blue fuckers about this big. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. knowing Travis, that's probably the way he, he, he definitely <laughs> described it. <you> know. <laughs> but uh, I, they they freaked Travis out so much that uh, that they left and were replaced by um, a couple of of, of more human looking uh, beings that uh, just kind of showed him around without without talking to him which always made me wonder whether or not he was dealing with the same little blue fuckers <laughs> he said that <laughs> somehow had the ability to either uh change their shape or put a put image an image into his mind that rather than looking like little blue guys they now look more you know like uh, normal blonde human beings um he did. He did say that uh, it appeared that uh, that he was in space and orbit around the, the planet, uh, but then um, he he lost consciousness and then basically uh, he doesn't remember anything until he woke up on uh, uh, on the road uh, back on Earth uh, a few days later. Um, so, you know, what happened to him after he blacked out or or? Before, you know, it, 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 it's hard to say. I mean, uh, um, he's never, ever said anything else other than what I just said. Um, so if there was an attempt to screen his, screen his memory, it, it, it worked. Unlike a lot of these cases where... You know, people are put under hypnosis or even just remember on their own. You know, it's just like, okay, these guys, you know, from outer space are supposed to have this high technology and able to wipe your mind. Yet most of these people end up remembering a majority of their experiences uh, without much prodding, which may be on purpose. You never know. I feel like you uh, can't really get rid of the subconscious, but you can get rid of like the forefront conscious. And you hear that a lot with like the 20 and back stories too, that there's just this, something's different in the back. Like they'll, Tony Rodriguez, for example, I had him on the show and he said when he came back after the 20 and back, he was like drawn to like 30 year old women, even though he was like 10 and he didn't really understand why it's like, I don't know. It seems like you just can't erase the subconscious and that's where the issue happens. And maybe again, like you were saying, it's purposeful because maybe they purposely will like leave some stuff that they want you to pick up later on in there or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it, when it comes to uh, trying to like remember those stories exactly. Um, I don't know. There's, there's, there's something weird to it because they, they, they definitely have to have some type of technology that would have that ability to, um, just because of like what we already have as humans. And if they're already extremely advanced and we're able to, uh, you know, project voices into people's heads and do different things like that already as humans, like if they're, I don't know, it seems like it's more likely that there is technology that they could completely erase minds. And that when they show people things, for example, um, like, like they have an intention. They're, they're trying to do something. Uh, they want you to remember it. It's just that I feel like it's supposed to be like on retainer so that you don't remember everything instantly when they first drop you off. They want you to remember it when the time is right for you to remember it. 
and who knows? I mean, it could be that that all of these uh, supposed memories that people are coming out with uh, are a cover. The whole, you know, UFO abducted by aliens thing. I mean, it could be something completely different that is beyond our comprehension, you know. And then, so then the screen memory is deliberately made to look like that. Well, yeah, you were uh, uh, you were dealing with. Uh, uh, you know, little gray man who uh, abducted you out of the bed and took you uh, to a flying saucer. I mean, you know, who? <laughs> it's uh, you go into all kinds of like science fiction scenarios, but you know, I mean, you just have to remember when it comes to uh, unusual phenomena like this. Um, don't expect any easy answers, and I think that a lot of people over the years have kind of, have, you know, glommed onto this you know, extraterrestrial hypothesis, and naturally so, because the phenomena itself tends to um, try to lend itself to that idea, uh, deliberately so. And, and, and I often wonder whether or not that in it itself may be a, um, a disguise or, or, you know, it's a, you know, something that is leading you away from what, you know, from what's actually going on. Uh, now, I'm not, I doubt if we as a species or government military have that technology yet, that it's all us doing that. All right. Because some people will take what I just said and saying, oh, well, you know, you're maybe maybe he's saying that the military or the government is doing this to people. You know, I mean, th there probably have been some cases the uh, um, uh, where the military or the government have kidnapped people uh, for whatever reason and made it look like that it was uh, alien abductions. But I don't think that we have the technology that whatever this phenomena is that is going on uh, seems to have available to them. I mean, it could be implanting memories, too, to begin with, where, like, you know, mm -hmm. humans, if we were doing some of this phenomenon, we could be implanting memories. And then the same kind of goes for extraterrestrials, too, that say you have a specific race or a specific group and they have a specific purpose, but they don't want to be known so they may even like you hear about you know them changing shapes forms make maybe they do that intentionally so that you're thinking oh little green men but you don't really know what they look like so you create this whole other story and it kind of deters you away from them and what they're actually doing and creates this whole ufo phenomenon idea that they're trying to keep everything in that realm because they actually have stuff going on over here and they don't want to be figured out for what they're really doing right right well, and it's also, I mean, you know, have have you ever considered out of the majority of these cases, why are these aliens, extraterrestrials, almost uniformly humanoid? If these are creatures from another planet outside of this solar system, what are the chances that you would have a planet that had evolution that developed? I mean, you know, cre creature with two arms, two legs, a head, two eyes, that sort of thing. And the majority of these cases, that's the way that these creatures are described. Oh, I mean, there may be some subtle differences, you know. I mean, but, if they can bend space and time, they could even theoretically be bending it to make it so that. 
it's something that we can kind of rationalize with. You know, they try to make something very similar to what we're familiar with because, say, if you had, like, a floating cloud of some kind of gas or something, like, a person wouldn't be able to be, like, they, they wouldn't be able to rationalize that. So they'll purposely take, put themselves in the form of something that you're familiar with or semi-familiar with just so that you have a way to rationalize it in your own head and be able to understand the experience and what's happening. Right, right. Or we could be related to them somehow. Yeah, that's that's the other ladder too. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one that a lot of people will be like, yeah, I don't I don't even think about that. <laughs> I was about to ask too. Have you dug into the whole concept that uh, essentially it's us from the future? And like, I guess what's kind of your your view and belief on that? Oh, I, lo- I I love that idea. That's that's one of my favorite theories to kick around. Is that uh, the the at least part of the UFO phenomena? Some of it um, could be uh, um, time travelers, uh, but of course, um, you know it it. If you look at the ability, first of all, to be able to travel outside of the solar system. Um, it's probably going to involve some kind of time travel to begin with, uh, to be able to manage that kind of distances, you know, within, you know, within your, within your lifetime. Um, so it, it could very well be that we are dealing with a number of different species, including our own from not only the future, but from the past who have all, you know, joined together, been recruited, you know, almost like a, uh, um, uh, 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 a time federation, so to speak, that is uh, uh, involved with the phenomena. So, I mean, you know, I it doesn't necessarily have to only be ourselves from the future, uh, because I have no doubt that there, there are other intelligent races, you know, out there in the universe. Um, but uh, I, I do think that it's probably going to take some kind of form of time travel for everybody to, you know, to be able to travel around like they do. And once once they manage that, well, I mean, you know, the universe is an open book. You know, we since we're trapped, you know, in linear time, we can only imagine that, OK, it's, you know, it's humans from the future when it could be future past you know, sideways, all of the above. Uh, you know, once once you start looking at our reality as a number of different realities, then you know it 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 could all be open, and it could all be a possibility for this. Uh, uh, you know, all of the strange phenomena that we're talking about tonight. I mean, I kind of like that idea about them theoretically coming from the past because when you talk about mytholithic structures uh, from the past, and it seemed like a lot of our a lot of the cultures we know of walked up to these places and just were like, "Yeah, they already existed here." Maybe what happened to all the people or creatures, whatever, wasn't that there was some kind of great cataclysm. It was just that they were such an advanced civilization that they got to a point where they figured out time travel, and then they're essentially put themselves into the future. And we're looking at things like it's again, people from the future, but realistically it's beings from the past that got so advanced that they were able to put themselves into the future. And the future is now, (laughs) not like the future future, like people perceive it, you know? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, um, 
there is an anthropologist who, um, gosh, uh, Michael Masters, I think is what his name is, who who, who wrote a great book about the the whole idea of of UFOs and and time travel. And and, uh, um, even though he's not a physicist, I mean, he uses the idea that the universe is... um, that that time it's it, it's a block universe basically which it, it what that means is that the past present future all exist simultaneously it's it would be more and again the only way i can describe this is you know within you know within three dimensions that time it would be more of a location rather than past present and future type of 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 situations so that all you know everything all exists simultaneously and what has happened has happened or you know it's it's already it's happened it's happening now that includes you know the the future and the past and everything is basically set in stone nothing can be changed so that if uh, in the future we do develop time travel you can come back into the past and uh uh, uh it, it, it doesn't matter because you were meant to come back in the past. That's kind of where I've always it. been with time travel concepts is that theoretically, if you ever go into the past and you change anything, it would have already happened. So it's intended yep. that you already went back and changed those things. So I never got into the right. whole like butterfly effect that if you smash or kill something in the past, that is going to completely alter the future because it's already already happened where you are on your timeline. <laughs> Makes for great movies, though. You yeah, know. definitely. <laughs> it's it's always fun to just entertain the different concepts, anyways, because that's the only right. way you can really expand your mind. You can't look at it one way; you kind of look have to look at it from a, any different perspective that you can. But that's the way that uh, um, Mr. Masters, you know, suggests that that uh, uh, that these time travelers who have you know disguised themselves as uh, you know, UFOs as extraterrestrials. Which is something that you know I've been uh, you know I've been saying too. Just try to glom myself in there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you, you think about it. I mean, if if you're in the future and you have the ability to time travel and you want to go back into the past and uh, uh, you know try to get more information, I mean, you know, you may already have the knowledge that in the past people were seeing strange things in the sky and and you know allegedly talking to the extraterrestrial pilots who came out of them when they landed hey, you know, they'd be like hey that's the perfect disguise for us you know so if we go in the past and we accidentally you know somebody actually accidentally runs into us we can just tell them yeah we're from you know Venus Mars or Zeta reticuli and you know most people aren't going to question that, you know, you're driving down the road and some, you know, little guys come out of a flying saucer and say, Hey, you know, we're from set reticuli. You're not going to say, Oh, you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're looking at it from like possibly being something that's past and future, there could be two different components to it where the things coming from the past could be the actual beings themselves, like a physical being that's something different. And then the ones from the future could theoretically be, like almost like a cloaking device where they could be futuristic humans and they're going back to try to learn about the past. But what they do is disguise themselves as extraterrestrials because they already know that there was extraterrestrial phenomenon going on at that time. So maybe it is a component of being an actual extraterrestrial and some of it is just humans from the future. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 Well, and you know, I mean, a lot of times um, people who have 
these types of, of strange encounters will oftentimes report that working alongside these, you know, these little gray guys or tall Nordics or whatever are regular looking humans, you know, sometimes maybe even, you know, dressed in uh, either like uh, as the military or in business suits or, or, or what have you. And uh, uh, again, if, if you're dealing with a race or races of, of humans and extraterrestrials that are time travelers, there's nothing to stop them from recruiting people from our era or from any era, you know, to, to go along with them and, and, and help out, do whatever. So, I mean, I don't think that that's outside the realm of possibility if time travel can be a reality. Um, yeah, I don't know, you know, the, the, the further along I get into my research on these subjects, I just, I just always have the feeling that, you know, we, we may be at least partially correct with our theories and ideas, kind of like uh, people used to be partially correct when, you know, say like back in the 1600s when they thought that uh, diseases were caused by bad smells. <laughs> you know, and, and, and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, we just could be so wildly off the mark that, you know, 500 years from now, they'll look back at us and they'll be like, oh, my gosh, they thought it was time travelers. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if they had known what it actually was, they'd never stop screaming. <laughs> from your experience with your research, obviously there's different types of, like, flying crafts. But have you mm -hmm. dug into anything about them, uh, like, operating differently depending on the crafts? Like, I know when we talked a while ago, we got into the whole fact that they, they almost have this, like, ultrasonic vibration to them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm, is there ships that, like, function differently? Or from, like, what you've heard, are the different shapes of ships, have, do they have different components about, I don't know, just how, how, they, how they function or just anything weird that people have noticed in particular about specific ship shapes? Well, again... Um it's, and there have been whole books, you know, written just on, say, like the the the, the shapes of these things, uh, because they're just all across the board. I mean, you know, you have you have what people think of as the traditional flying saucer, uh, a metallic-looking uh, disc, sometimes with a, a dome on top or you know, a dome on the bottom. Uh, oftentimes with lights, then you have the tri you know, black triangles. You know, you have things that that look like an ice cream cone or a pyramid or uh, or just balls or you know, cylinders, cigar shape, football shape, egg shape. Um, uh, actually, you know, cigar and egg shaped are probably the two more predominant. Uh, 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 descriptions, you know, given when people uh, see these things. And as for the different kinds of characteristics that go along with them, uh, you know, uh, again, it's just uh, all across the board. And, and at least from my investigation, there really doesn't seem to be a lot of, 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 um, 
anything that you could say, you know, like say all black triangles emit an electrostatic field that if you get too close, you could receive a shock, you know, or all the, 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 the little, uh, um, say like uh, around glowing balls, uh, you know, you could touch them. They have no physical effects except for, you know, like a little heat, you know, again, it's, it's, it's just all over the place. You know, I, I think of say like, um, there was the uh, Canadian uh, uh, prospector. Uh, uh, last name was like Mishlak. <laughs> uh, I know. I, I know. I'm probably tearing his word apart. But uh, you know, he was uh, he was out in the wild one day, and he was uh, doing just like a little uh, prospecting in the uh, rocks and stuff. When he saw a couple of of disc shaped uh, uh, UFOs, and one of them came down and landed in front of him, and he got you know, he got close to it and uh, he actually touched it. He was wearing uh, like leather glove. Yeah, it was leather gloves. And he actually like rubbed his hand across the surface and it, uh, uh, it, it burnt his glove. And uh, then just before it took off, it actually uh, rotated and a, uh, uh, to the point where a grid came in front of him. And it was like a series of dots that had been punched into the side of this craft. And he was blasted with what he described as uh, uh, like hot, fiery gas. And it actually set his shirt on fire and uh, uh, threw him back. And he was left, and there are pictures of it. You, know, you go on the internet and look for it. There are pictures of it, of, of his chest where he's got uh, these burn marks on him in like these uh, 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 grid-like pattern of little circles uh, from this crack. And, and those wounds, I mean, they'd fade away, but then periodically, you know, like you know, once, twice a year, they would uh, uh, reappear and he'd get sick all over again. I mean, he had health issues ever since, uh, uh, you know, till the day he, he passed away. But, you know, there have been other circumstances where people have approached landed disc-shaped objects, uh, you know, uh, touched them, walked around them, kicked at them, uh, suffering no ill physical effects at all. Um, and then, you know, there have been some instances where uh, 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 people would have, there, there, there was one case... Um, where uh, this pair of women who near Dayton, Ohio, um, had a ball-shaped UFO appear above their car, and uh, when it uh, they experienced what was called caused the uh, uh, Oz effect, where they felt like that they had kind of been separated from reality. They said all the sound around them disappeared. They they felt almost like they. What I'm told me, they felt like that they were on a stage, that they were the only thing that was real, that everything around them was fake. That kind of goes uh, into simulation theory kind of concepts. Yeah, yeah. But the odd thing about it is, is that when they got home, they found that they had gotten home a half hour early than they were supposed to get home. You know, usually in cases, uh, a lot of cases like this, people will come home and they'll find that, you know, it's been like five hours. So, no, it, it was just the opposite. They were early. That's super weird. That's so, the first case I've heard that's like that. 
Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that. That was a really odd one. Which I mean, that was one of the ones that I've used when I speculated, you know, about uh, UFOs being being time machines. You know, because I th there have been other similar cases uh, where close encounters of UFOs seem to create some kind of time effect. You know, whether you know whether it's a time dilation or you know causing a time slip type of thing. Um, but, you know, as, as per your question, I mean, you know, there, as far as I have been able to determine, there doesn't seem to be any kind of correlation with different effects and different sizes and shapes of UFOs. See, like, uh, when we kind of like speculate about how they travel, we assume that they might travel interdimensionally. So that being said, yeah. I mean, they could be creating like black holes as they try as you know, they lift up to travel through. So maybe that's kind of where the time warp concept comes in because assumably there'd be some residual effect to creating a black hole temporarily. And mm -hmm. uh, going back into the ships too. Um, one thing that I've kind of wondered is are races specific to like, are certain ships specific to certain types of like alien being races or is it almost like a, like there's like a car dealership that it's like, they all share technology, you know, like the, the basic like metallic saucers, like the Impala, you know, and um, <clears throat> they just they share all the technology because assumably if there's some type of galactic federation, they all interact with each other. Like, why wouldn't they be sharing technology back and forth? And then at that point, too, it makes it harder to be able to tell exactly what type of race something is, because it's no different than, you know, if somebody in the United States driving a BMW or somebody over in Europe driving a Ford, you know, like. Right. We'll be able to really right. tell much about that person because they're just sharing the technology. Well, you know, uh, again, to to describe these creatures and the ships that they are in as different races or you know uh, uh, ships from different planets or things like that, I think is. Uh, um, probably not the correct way to look at it. Um, again, going back to the things that we said about how the phenomena does seem to present itself in all kinds of different ways, oftentimes uh, to the expectation of the witnesses, um, probably on an unconscious you know, uh, level, um, because... You know, uh, Again, I mean, you just have all kinds of different shapes and sizes of these ships, as well as the occupants, all kinds of, you know, different shapes and sizes. Uh, uh, some seem to be predominant over others, especially in the more you know, modern cases of the uh, little big-eyed grays. Um, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, it probably it started sometime in the early 1970s. Before that, you you would really have to search hard to try to find um, cases that involved the little, you know, little big eyed grays. Uh, and I'm not talking about people who are now remembering, you know, situations that happened back at that time. You know, go back, do your reading. In, you know, in the older books and stuff like that, you know, the, the little big eyed grades, you know, gosh, I mean, I, I think maybe I ran across maybe one, if that case, you know, in, in the past. So are these things being presented to us because that's what we expect to see? Um, 
or has, you know, as some people have suggested, has everything been taken over by one group now? And that's the, you know, the, the little big eyed grays, you know, before that it was almost like, you know, uh, uh, earth was, uh, it was like the, uh, interstellar Disneyland and everybody was coming here and having a good time. And then somebody went and bought out all the tickets and that's what we're dealing with now. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, just an idea kind of going off of that one too. Um, bouncing back to what I was saying a little bit earlier is that even if there are a bunch of races that are coming here, they could have some uniform cloak that they all use so that they're just all being looked at as the same thing. And going into the past, there could have been almost like, uh, I don't want to say government, but like, you know, like the government ships that were intending to come for a mission. And now when you have all these random interactions, there could be more of like, a, you know, like personal ships or maybe extraterrestrials are almost doing something like fishing where they're like catch and release just for the sake of mm. doing it, you know, like, because if we had that option, I guarantee you money down that a human, if we had some kind of flying ship and there's some primitive, we see it as a primitive world, like why wouldn't we just go around and just catch and release them just for fun? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like uh, uh, Douglas Adams wrote in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, one of the, uh, somebody in the, in the book referred to, I think they called them the, uh, uh, the Foolers. And they explained that the Foolers were, uh, were teenagers from other planets who would go and stick antennas on themselves and go to primitive planets, land and walk around going beep, 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 beep. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely likely. It <laughs> you know, could very well be. Um, we, and, you know, we joke about that, but if you look at a lot of these experiences there is very much a trickster type element to them all right there doesn't seem to be any or at least what we can interpret as meaning to the experiences um unless the meaning is beyond our comprehension just as, yeah yeah we're, well we don't think the same way that they do yeah yeah um because as uh, uh, as people have pointed out at this point, why do why would they need to abduct people and open them up, take out their organs, look at them, you know, do whatever they do, put them back into the thing? You know, you would think by now, because you know we've had this phenomenon going on for thousands of years. Um, you would think by now they would know us pretty well that they wouldn't have to do that every time. So why are they still doing it? Same thing with the stories about these things landing and, you know, they're coming out, collect rocks and plants and you know, things like, you know, yeah. Uh, again, we're dealing with a phenomena that's been on this planet with us as long as we have. You would think that they'd be familiar with it now. But the same scenarios have been played out over and over and over again throughout the centuries. Um, so... Uh, uh, to go and try to categorize this phenomena as people from outer space, different races from outer space, um, that's it. Or um, just, uh, you know, interdimensional travelers or, or just time travelers or things like that. You know, I mean, there's a, there's a very good possibility that it's all of the above, in my opinion, uh, just because of just 
you know, all the wildly diverse things that go on, <laughs> you know, it seems like that uh, really any kind of, of scenario that we can think of could be a possibility. You know, so, I mean, uh, just because something sounds a little too wild and weird, um, don't just automatically dismiss it because it could be just as as a major player as anything else. What? I, this might be a little off topic, but what is your take on the whole owl connection that a lot of these people that have been abducted see owls a lot or owls are prevalent and then there's an abduction. Mm -hmm. Well, naturally enough, the, you know, the, the first thought that comes to your head, you know, with something like this is that it's a screen memory that has been put in place um, to hide the fact that the person has had, you know, an experience with something that is, you know, not of this earth, not of this reality, you know, however you want to interpret it. Um, and again, going back to the, the, the big-eyed greys as being the perpetrators of a lot of this kind of stuff, um, this, that's the screen memory. You disguise, you disguise the big-eyed greys as a big-eyed owl. Mm-hmm. Now there are also people who will go and say that it this is a this is a more of a spiritual aspect, you know, a, a lot of of Native American lore um, uses the owl as a bringer of wisdom, um, conveyors of secrets, uh, that sort of thing, um, a, a, a watcher, you know. Uh, as, as well of what's you know what's what's going on um and possibly both are correct you know like i said i mean you know there uh, i i think that there is probably you know not a not a not a delineated edge <laughs> i don't know if i'm saying that correctly um to these different kinds of phenomena, you know, it could be that uh, that they that they're all originating from the same kind of source, and that by the time they reach us, they look to be different things, but they're all interconnected somehow. So, just because a person is having a, a UFO abduction experience, doesn't necessarily mean that it's strictly a physical material type of experience, but there also could be paranormal slash spiritual aspects to it as well. Going into the uh, owl concept too, just a, just an idea to throw out there. <clears throat> um, we, we think about like men in black, for example, that their extraterrestrial races are hiding themselves amongst the humans being humans, wearing human suits, whatever you want to call it. Uh, what if that's not the case at all? The easier thing to do would be to hide yourself as an animal because then if you're doing some weird shit, a lot less people are noticing it. So maybe from the beginning of time, the go-to thing that they disguise themselves as is owls, and maybe mm-hmm. that's how they are able to do something, and then afterwards they can observe 
what happens after because they'll just take the form of an owl and then sit up on a tree and watch what the person does right after an experience with them. It just, I feel like it'd be way easier to hide yourself as an animal than it would be as a human. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, and, and again, if, if you look into the idea that this phenomena, you know, uh, um, uh, the UFO phenomena uh, could be more like um, Whitley Strieber's interpretation of the phenomena where, where he feels that, that, that these intelligence um, are from another plane of reality um, that uh, they're, they're extraterrestrials, but they're not, you know, um, they live outside of our time, right? They don't experience time like we do. They experience the past, present, and future simultaneously. Um, it's almost like so, an extra dimensional instead of extraterrestrial. I don't know if that's been a term that's, I've, that's been used before, but kind of makes sense. Yeah, extra dimensional, yeah. you know? Well, you know, I, I think, I think the time will come where the term extraterrestrial will be kind of outdated. And, uh, uh and as you said, you know, uh, uh, extra dimensional, uh, maybe a more accurate term um, because I, I I think that our our universe is a lot weirder than we think and that you know that could be one of the reasons why you know we keep listening for radio signals from other civilizations and we're not finding any it's because that the universe isn't as we are interpreting it in you know as, as using material physics but anyway you know going past that so so this intelligence is able to interact with us you know uh, you know in in the three dimensions like you said um not only appearing as you know whatever they want to appear little gray guys uh, uh, Nordics, but also, like you said, is, is owls and uh, 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 other types of animals. You know the, you know the Japanese. They 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 had their their spirit foxes, which uh, um, could be both uh, um, bedevilers of them or uh, teachers. Um, but they were also ca categorized by their large eyes peering into your soul, like the uh, the owls would. So, so yes, I mean, that, uh, that could be, you know, just as correct an interpretation as the, they're strictly, you know, explorers from other planets. <laughs> I mean, all of these shape-shifting animals that we perceive could theoretically be these extraterrestrials that we're searching for. And maybe they're not extraterrestrial at all to begin with. They're all here and just hiding their form and they only show it when they feel the need to show it. Right, right. Right. Well, and, you know, the thing about it is, is that, again, we are trying to interpret this based on the only thing that we know, you know, our three-dimensional uh, uh, reality. And, and I think it is just as likely that when the time comes that, that we are able to, you know, physically leave Earth and travel to the stars and to other planets, that we'll find these other planets will have the very same kind of phenomena that we're experiencing here because, you know, the, the, 
the vast different the vast um, 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 distances from planet to planet, star system to star system, is not ap ap applicable. <laughs> Boy, I'm just I'm, I'm terrible with my words tonight. Excuse me. To these other states of reality. All right. It would be just as easy for inhabitants of that other state of reality to visit us here on Earth as it would be if we were on Mars. All right. It would be just like they, they would just walk across the street. And they'd be on Mars. I don't know if I'm saying that well enough to for people to understand. But I just I just think that uh, 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 the phenomena that we're dealing with can, you know, appear throughout the universe just as easily as they can appear here so wherever we go that is go it, it's it's going to be with us and if we do find actual other intelligent life on other planets you know we'll probably say to them why have you been flying around in our skies all these years and not come down to visit us why did you wait for us to come here and their reply will be us we thought it was you flying around in our skies. See, and that's where it makes you wonder, too, if it's some type of uh, interdimensional thing, theoretically, that maybe in this yeah. dimension there's multiple civilizations that exist expanded throughout the throughout the, um, the galaxy, but, again, they're not able to interact or communicate with each other. So is it something coming interdimensional, or is all of these different, different uh, places with theoretical people all within an organic system and the things that we're perceiving as extraterrestrials are the things running the system that come in to like check and update and fix things in the system as it needs to get updated and fixed. Sure. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's almost like, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Terrence McKenna with his, uh, machine elves mm -hmm. type of, of, of situation, you know, um, I, I, you know, and, and he's not the only one, you know, to, to report this though, you know, different people have different interpretations and, and, and see it in different ways, which is very reminiscent to how, you know, in the real world, people, you know, experience this phenomena, uh, because a lot of times you will have multiple witnesses to a situation that, uh, um, oftentimes will report wildly different things happening, even though they were sitting right next to each other, you know, uh, while things were going on. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 I do think that, you know, whatever phenomena it is that we're, we're dealing with, but its reality is it can present itself in different ways to different people at the same time. I mean, we may not, so, you know, yeah. <laughs> may not even be living in necessarily like an intentional organic uh, simulation. It could be a concept where it's like the dimension or whatever you want to call it above creates the one below. So maybe like when we draw on paper, like we're creating a reality the same way mm -hmm. that the machine elves and the next step up from us is creating our reality where it's not that again, it's an intended, they built it um, like organic system. It's just something that naturally happens that the, the dimension above the that one builds and creates the one lower than it. And there could be, mm. again, another step above them that creates them as they're creating us, and it's just this chain of events going down. 
turtles all the way down. <laughs> and it's all on the back of a giant turtle floating through space. All on the back of a giant turtle, right. right. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, I like that idea. I mean, you know, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that, that, that's definitely one to, uh, um, to, to, to set down with a bowl and, and, and contemplate, you know, on, um, but, uh, I, I, I think that the main point that, you know, we need to, you know, uh, have people consider, you know, it's like we said, is that, uh, um, you, you, you can't go and pigeonhole any of this phenomena, even though that's what our minds are made to do. You know, our, we're, we're made to, you know, have these these slots where we can easily put things into UFOs, extraterrestrial visits from other planets. <laughs> Goes in there, all right? Bigfoot, um, primeval, hominid, physical, living in the woods. <laughs> there it goes, you know. Ghosts, people who have died. <laughs> there it goes, you know. When all of that could be right, all of that could be wrong, all of that could be both, <laughs> right and wrong. See, that's the confounding thing, you know, about this phenomena, is that uh, um, it'll present itself one way to the point that people will be con become convinced that this is its reality, and then it'll suddenly turn around and do something completely different and blow it all out of the water. It's like the, that's something. Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. I was saying it's just like that concept of even like looking at like medicine in the past that mm. everything mm -hmm. was set to be this way. This is what made sense. And then something new happened. And now that method of thinking makes absolutely no fucking sense. And I feel like we're right. in the process of doing that with this phenomenon, but we're still at that beginning stage where we're just now starting to like talk and try to figure it out. And who knows where it might be a hundred years from now, but right now I feel like we're in that area where we're just throwing out any random ideas that make sense to us. And we have to do that in order to be able to dwindle it down to the things that make the most probable sense. Right. Right. Well, I mean, it's, you know, using medicine, that's, that's, that's a great analogy, uh, you know, because it used to be that people thought that ulcers um, were caused by drinking too much, spicy food, things like that, and that you had the only way you could cure it was by drinking milk and bland food and things like that. Well, then somebody discovered that there's a type of bacteria in your gut that will actually eat holes in your lung and that if you gave people antibiotics, that would cure the ulcers. And for the longest time, that was ridiculed. And this is within, you know, I mean, you know, recent memory. <laughs> I mean, I remember as a kid, I mean, you know, my dad got an ulcer and I mean, it was, it was like, you know, milk, and bland food and stuff. And now you get an ulcer, you're given antibiotics. Mm -hmm. So in just that short period of time, it's gone from this to this. I mean, the, the, the people who first suggested that ulcers were caused by a type of bacteria and could be cured, uh, be cured by using antibiotics, you know, they were ridiculed, uh, told that they were crazy. You know, all the things that we see when it comes to people who have had experiences with weird phenomena, you know, they're ridiculed, told that they're crazy. You know, that couldn't have happened. That's impossible. What's impossible? 
it kind of it's a weird concept to me that we came from people that are extremely spiritual where we used to just point at somebody call them a witch and everybody would believe it and we've mm-hmm. transitioned into this time where it's like we don't want to believe anything even though we're looking at something from a scientific perspective and it makes sense everybody always says trust the science trust the science but when it comes to anything fringe people just throw anything out that makes any sense with logical science well, it's it's true, and and you know, I mean, I'm a big proponent of science. Uh, you know, I, I grew up with the, uh, the 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 space program and things like that. So, I mean, you know, I do, um, I, I I believe I believe in science, but then again, um, it does frustrate me when you see people who should know better, smart people who should know better, who just have entrenched themselves in a scientific dogma and refuse to consider anything else, all right? Just absolutely, right now, okay, um, there is a, uh, um, there's a series on Netflix uh, uh, called uh, um, Ancient Apocalypse that uh, uh, features uh, Graham Hancock which looks into the idea that uh, uh, before the last ice age that there was a technologically superior, maybe not superior to us, but at least a a technologically superior civilization on the planet that um, may have been wiped out um, when the, uh, the last ice age ended and uh, uh, caused a dramatic rise in sea levels, and in some places very, very fast, massive flash uh, flooding, uh, which has been handed down to us in, in various mythologies, similar to you know Noah's Ark. And this, I mean, this series has just been vilified <laughs> uh, by the scientific community, you know, uh, uh, going as far as to say that the ideas and speculation that is being presented in this are racist, you know, saying that, um, uh, basically, you know, uh, saying that, uh, uh, that like the Egyptians couldn't have, built the pyramids themselves um, because they were too stupid and it required, you know, somebody smarter to come in and help them, which, you know, which is not being said at all, you know, you know in this theory, in this series. I mean, the Egyptians built the pyramids, you know, the, uh, uh, the Mayas and the Incas, they, you know, they built theirs. Uh, what the series is suggesting is that there were survivors of this ancient civilization that uh, uh, spread out across the planet and actually helped resurrect civilization, taught agriculture and things like that to, to you know, the our, uh, uh, surviving ancestors. You hear that a lot in Native American lore about people coming from the third world into the fourth world to tell them how to yep. grow and how to do all this kind of stuff. So there's a bunch of references to that throughout a lot of different lore. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, I mean, there's, there's a great, you know, that's a good example of, of, you know, a group of scientists who, who refuse to even consider 
anything outside of their established belief systems. You know, that, that there were no, there was no chance that there could have been any kind of civilization before the, you know, uh, before the, the last ice age. The Earth is an old planet, you know, and and people have been on this planet for quite a while. I mean, you know, you look at our civilization, and it, it hasn't taken that long uh, to come up and to establish itself to the, you know, to the point of the mo uh, modern era. So, I mean, you know, anything previous to the last Ice Age, it wouldn't have taken them that long either. Uh, and I think there's this conceit also, even with uh, with these scientists, that somehow, even though that there's no difference between us, modern man, and these people who lived, you know, human beings, Homo sapiens, you know, that that lived twenty thousand, fifty thousand years ago, that they wouldn't be smart enough to develop a civilization, maybe even, you know, as, as technologically advanced as ours. I mean, who's to say, could, too, that there couldn't have been multiple times where it wasn't even just, like, some of the remnants of the last beings existed. Like, everything got completely destroyed. There could have been, like, a couple thousand-year period in between where there was no life on the Earth, and then everything had to completely restart itself again. So we'd have no idea, way of actually learning anything previously about those people because assumably if something right. destroyed everything on the entire planet, anything that they had that were remnants of them besides maybe stone would have been theoretically destroyed too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, also, you know, it, it, it doesn't take long for the earth to, to wipe out any kind of evidence of, uh, of an advanced civilization. I mean, uh, you know, there's, there's been whole television series done on what the earth would look like and how long it would take to, you know, if, if, if our civilization were to suddenly disappear and then you know, how long would it take for the planet to just, you know, clear everything out, all of our buildings and cars and, and things like that. I mean, even plastic, uh, you know, everyone talks about how indestructible plastic is. Well, you know, it may be indestructible, but that doesn't mean that it can't be broken up into smaller and smaller and smaller pieces to the point where it's, you know, it, it's basically just disappeared. So, I mean, if you had an advanced civilization, you know, a, a million years ago that uh, came and went, we wouldn't know about it today. So, you know, to just routinely dismiss because it does not fit what everybody else is saying fits, you know, new ideas, well, unfortunately, that's just, that's just the way that, that science works. Uh, I'm trying to think of the saying that, um, and I'm just, I'm paraphrasing it here, is it's like, you know, new ideas come from the graveyard. You know, which basically means that it takes, you know, the you know, old people to die off before new ideas can be accepted. Yeah. Especially and, in and the uh, historical community, too, um, because it, whatever's going on at that time is influenced heavily by the previous generation. And whenever the previous generation isn't around anymore, kind of having like a grasp on everything that's going on, then the new generation is mm -hmm. able to completely form their new ideas. And you've seen this process mm -hmm. through time continuously, you know. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, look at, you know, I mean, uh, you have a lot of scientists now who are admitting that they're interested in the uh, research of UFOs. 
uh, which, you know, I mean, not that long ago, that would have been the death knell for their career. You know, if you, if you had somebody, you know, like a, a scientist with the university that admitted that, the, you know, they were interested in UFOs, well, forget that. I mean, they're not going to get any more grants, you know, uh, unless they're tenured, they're probably going to, you know, eventually get drummed out of their, their position. Now there's a little bit, some, you know, I mean, it's it's still iffy, but, uh, you know, we've had a lot of, 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 of very good people, uh, you know, come out and say that they're interested in phenomenon and they'd like to, uh, you know, apply research to it using scientific methods, which, you know, again, not that long ago, you know, even to suggest that uh, the phenomena, you know, should be researched using scientific methods, that would be considered crazy. You know, you're crazy. UFOs, that's crazy stuff. I mean, just physics in general is is insane. And I feel like a lot of that is like the, the starting base to being able to understand a lot of these concepts. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh Naturally, I mean, you know, I, I believe that um, the stuff that we have been talking about will be explained using scientific principles. Now, by saying that, I don't mean that our interpretations of them um, could be wrong, that, you know, it's all just, you know, uh, uh, you know, It's like, you know, it's like what the skeptics are, you know, are saying that, you know, the UFOs are nothing more than swamp gas or stuff like that. No, no, no. You know, this stuff can't, will be explained by scientific methods, but probably scientific methods that we don't have yet. All right. Uh, uh, new physics, new ideas of how the universe actually works, uh, a, a better understanding that... Um, our reality is not the only reality. That there's probably an infinite number of other realities that uh, uh, that 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 probably uh, intertwine with ours in 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 various ways, and that uh, uh, there are other intelligence within these realities that interact with ours, and so on and so forth. That's going to take a while, <laughs> you know, before that understanding comes. But I do believe that someday. It will. It will happen. I mean, it might even come off of like the spiritual because we look at alchemy as chemistry now, but back in the day it was mm -hmm. looked at as magic. So what we're right. looking at with spirituality now being magic, you know, in another couple hundred years, it could have a totally different name and be looked at as like a literal, not woo-woo thing, but a science and just have a whole yeah. different name. But yeah, I think it, another good possibility that it might come off of is spirituality because I feel like there's a lot of components hidden in that. Right, right. Yeah, see, you know, I mean... <laughs> I've always, I've, I've never quite understood this schism that has developed over the years between, you know, like, uh, 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 you know, somewhat I can, you know, religion and science. Okay, I'll say spirit, spirituality and science, you know, because, you know, religion is a, a man-made belief system. Um, but, uh, but, but, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think that there is, there, there's, there's not this, this wall, science on one side, spirituality on the other, you know, they're actually two, they're the same thing, 
you know, just just like every everything else. And, and once we get a better understanding, I think on on how our reality actually functions, how we actually function in this reality, I think that's the that's the other big thing, because we're science is still stuck on this idea that we're nothing more than chemical machines that has no real purpose or interaction with this universe other than to grow, reproduce, and die. All right? Uh, I, I, I think that once they, science starts looking beyond that and accepting that whatever it is that makes us us is not just limited to the material world, then that that's going to be that big step, that big step forward. To tell you, Tim, thank you, because I have been screaming <laughs> from behind my microphone for well over a year now that re all religions are man-made at the end of the day, <laughs> and they are just a fucking theory. It's <laughs> what man sat around to try and justify their existence okay i get it if it helps you i if you believe fine that's great i believe in there is a creator however especially this time of year i really struggle with the jesus concept and the christmas because everything that we we celebrate christmas is straight up pagan and and it gets on my nerves how these christians are like oh jesus this and jesus that and it's like well wait a minute um according to your 10 commandments you shouldn't take his name in vain. And by calling him Jesus, <laughs> that's not his name. And you're taking his name in vain because his name is Yeshua. And it should have been translated into Joshua, just like every other Yeshua. And the letter J didn't appear in, in any alphabet until what, the 1500s or the, right. something like that. So it, it, and you try to bring this up to people and they're just like, you're just an atheist and, and you don't believe in God. No, I do believe in God, but I don't buy a lot of your, your religions. And then you look into Catholicism and I don't want to make this a whole big religious thing, but it, <laughs> it, I've been pounding at this for, for a, a while. You know, Catholicism started 150 years before Christ was even around and nobody wants to talk about that. And then there's, there's uh, evidence pointing that the, the Catholicism created Islam. And, and, you know, and then you have the whole stomping out the snakes in, in Ireland and, and the snakes were the pagans and the Druids and come to find out there were never snakes. Those were the snakes. And then they just steal all this other stuff. And then we get ridiculed for, for pointing it out just as if we get pointed out or ridiculed for, for saying, oh my God, uh, there might be life from, from other galaxies or, or whatever dimensions uh, territory there could be hollow earth there could be flat earth who knows and you 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 get on these subjects and people just kind of going back to the beginning of of what we were talking about it, it shatters their whole mind programming that they received as a kid mm -hmm. and it, that's what at their core scares them and again thank you for for finally somebody coming on one of my shows and saying the same thing that I've been saying for, for well over a year now. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I don't know if you saw me throw my arms up. I was just like, yes, yes, yes. 
So thank you. <laughs> now there's a uh, um, there's an episode of Family Guy where Jesus is brought in to a family conversation because Lois finds out that that her mother is Jewish and and thus you know makes her Jewish. And Lois is, was being criticized for being Jewish. And, and so they bring Jesus in and Jesus says, hey, you know, I was a Jew. And they're like, oh, why? We didn't know that. Yep, absolutely a Jew. So then, you know, uh, at the end, somebody asks you, okay, well, while you're here, uh, why don't you tell us what's the real true, what's the true religion? And he's he's like, ah, six of one, six of another. They're all a bunch of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I don't want to make this, you know, all about religion and, and what have you, but there is so much truth to that. And <laughs> and it just goes back to pe people being free thinkers. Our ancestors, um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the podcast, The Great Deception. Um, if you ever do check out or listen to other podcasts, go check out Great Deception because Matt, my buddy over there, does really good work on old world history. Mm. And I think a lot of the, what you we're bringing up earlier ties into a lot of advanced civilizations that mm -hmm. did come here, you know, like in the doc or the docu series or whatever on, on um, ancient apocalypse on Netflix, you know, this is stuff that conspiracy theorists, they, you know, tinfoil hat wearers have been kind of pointing out for, for years, Tartaria or, you know, is the earth really, this flat realm in the ice wall with Antarctica, could there be a extra territory past that? Is the earth hollow? Is space real? Is there other plant? You know, the, the, the limit is endless with, with any of these thoughts. And why, why, why should we criticize people when all we are doing is being free thinkers, just like our ancestors were when they created these religions or, um, created these pyramids or, or built these megalithic uh, structures. You know what I mean? That was just someone's idea in their head that they got together and said, well, let's build this, you know, whether it came from a fourth dimension or a higher being or an extraterrestrial, it got done somehow. Even, even philosophy, people that came up with crazy philosophy, they were criminals and looked down upon back in their day. And then you look at them, couple hundred couple thousand years later and we're looking at them like damn they had a lot of really good ideas and a lot of things right <laughs> it's kind of like how how it is now where everybody like we're, we're saying from the beginning of the conversation gets scrutinized for believing in all these woo-woo concepts but we're going to look at it a thousand years down the line and we're people are going to go damn like these people were on it like they're starting to figure it out <laughs> and everybody was just casting them to the side about it <laughs> oh yeah yeah well um yeah and it, it's, it's like I was saying, you know, uh, earlier that uh, uh, we kind of have this this thinking that people that lived 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 years ago were stupid, just running around, you know, with uh, um, st stone spears grunting at each other and throwing rocks at the moon. And that's not the case. I mean, you know, they were just as smart as we are now, all right? They, you know, may not have have yet developed the technology, you know, but they would have been, if you would go and, back to the time machine thing again, if you, if you could go and kidnap somebody from 5,000 years ago as a baby and bring them to now and then raise them in our environment, 
They would just be, you know, they'd be a normal person. There wouldn't be any difference. They, you know, they can grow up, you know, become a scientist, engineer, astronaut, what have you. So this idea that our early ancestors were stupid and that we're so much smarter, you know, forget about that. And, uh, 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 and, and, and one of the, you know, one of the, one of the ways, unfortunately, that you can show that is that a lot of religions that, you know, that are predominant today, you know, came about or in that time period as a control system, you know, a way to control the population. Uh, you, you know, you had, you had the royalty and then you had the religion. So, you know, the, the royalty was kind of a, a Above it all, and it was religion that that really did the most to control the masses. All right, and uh, uh, and it it it, it kind of worked. <laughs> it, it 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 really it, it really did um, to to a certain extent for a while. All right, and then as you get further along into history then, you know, it kind of has, it, it's, it's really, it's outlived, you know, in, in my opinion, it's, it's usefulness. And uh, so, so that's, that's why, I, you know, I'm, I'm very, you know, big into, you know, uh, talking about spirituality, you know, rather than, than religion, that, you know, there is a spiritual aspect to our lives, to our reality, not a religious aspect, that's man-made, but a spiritual aspect, and uh, and and you know, for the most part, there's you know, if 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 you get comfort in your religion, that's great. Go for it. If you have a religion though that teaches you to hate others that are different from you for whatever reason, then it's probably the wrong religion. I mean, just an idea that I've kind of entertained too is maybe religion wasn't necessarily human created. In the aspect of if you look in, if you dig into the concept about people potentially being like a slave race at one point, um, there could have been extraterrestrials, whatever you want to call it, that essentially created these religions so that they could control things once they weren't here anymore. So maybe it, there was a basis that was created, which was done by the extraterrestrials, and then once the extraterrestrials left or whatever, they um, people took it over with and did what they want with their own means of it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, whatever the originating source, uh, uh, you know, religion really has been best served as a control system. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, you, you just you 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 look at it, <laughs> and just all of the really silly rules and regulations on 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 how you're supposed to live your life. But the majority of it is methods to subjugate people, to, to, to keep them bowed down, you know, nose to the grindstone, uh, don't, uh, don't question authority, do what you're told, 
or you're going to piss God off. And you don't want to piss God off because he's a vengeful God. So do what his earthly representatives say. And if earthly representatives say, give us all of your, you know, all of your, your, your crops, you know, give us your virgin daughters, what have you, don't question it. See, that makes me wonder too, if it was also, sorry, go ahead, Ghost. I I was just going to say, I think the same people that, started out you know the royalties using religion to control their their masses at the time mm-hmm. um it only worked like you said for so long and then now look at the population that we have on the earth i think those same global elite uh the 13 families whatever you want to call them um i know this isn't a conspiracy based show however when you start looking at the way they used religion then i think they're trying to pollute and uh use the same tactics with uh their new science not not science at its core but to keep people in a constant state of fear whether it's with with viruses or uh any any type of control that they can you got to follow these certain little stupid guidelines or else you'll get covid and we found out, okay, well, there's no difference if I wear a mask to my seat in a restaurant and then take it off to eat versus putting it back on to go to the bathroom and come back. You know what I mean? Just certain little silly things. And I think when they were trying to roll that out, the I think the elite were just really looking at people and being like, I bet you if we actually told them they had to crawl, they would. You know what I mean? <laughs> just Just for shits and giggles because that's how these crazy elites – function i mean they're no different than your neros or your uh take 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 your worst of the worst you know in the past and you know they all you know follow some kind of bloodline to where we are today yeah i'll have to admit that uh um during the during the whole pandemic i was very much a uh um a mask wearer and uh, a proponent of of wearing a mask i um, years before I, I, I worked in Japan where, you know, mask wearing is, is very, very common. And back then I was like, you know, that's a great idea. You know, more people should do that. So, I mean, it was natural for me, you know, when all this happened for me, like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to wear my mask, but I didn't go to restaurants to eat because like you said, that was stupid. You know, I mean, if you're going to go and eat in a restaurant and take your mask off to eat, then, you know, you might as well have just not worn your mask at all. You know, forget about it. <laughs> but uh, you know, you're you're right though that there historically there 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 have been events I think that have been used to try to reestablish because I I I, I think that the, that any kind of, of control that had been taken up um, by you know the, the royals or global elites or, or, or who you know whomever they they probably lost that a while back uh, but I, but I think that there are at times attempts to reestablish a more worldwide control you know the world's too big now 
you know, and, and is a lot more connected. So it's a lot harder, I think, to to have that that kind of control that there, there used to be. That was done through, you know, religion, royalty, um, you know, uh, uh, economy, things like that. So, you know, I think that's one of the reasons that right now that we see uh, the world create, you know, seemingly creaming from one crisis to another. You know, I think that there are some of those are attempts to try to establish some kind of global control that's never going to happen. Not anymore, at least. You know, the, the world is just, you know, too big of a place. Um, but I mean, you know, you, you've, you've got uh, uh, people like, um, like Putin. Um, who, I mean, he's, he very much is a proponent of this idea that, um, that Russia is, um, supposed to be the spiritual leader of the world. And, uh, uh, uh that, that, that is, that, that is their role, that, that they are supposed to control the world because that's what God, uh, has, has ordained, you know, through through you know their um, was it Eastern Orthodoxy, you know, so um, and so that comes into conflict, you know, with these other groups uh, on the planet who who think that you know God has ordained them. <laughs> Everybody thinks they're the chosen people. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, and, and but unfortunately, we're 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 at an age now where you have people like, you know. Like Putin, who's got you know uh, atomic weapons at their fingers, that uh, you know if they if if they fall a little further off that deep end, you know who the hell knows what's 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 going to happen. So I mean, we we really need to be very careful about you know entertaining the thoughts of of these people who have these. Um, Basically, there it's tribalism. You know these tribalistic uh, uh, rhetoric that has got a lot of people uh, uh, so worked up right now, uh, just trying to amplify the the, the minutia differences you know between people to you know for their own political or monetary gains. Speaking of like military gains, and I'm going to take this way back. Okay, to the Nazis. I'm in Pennsylvania, and I want your take on the Kex, the crash at Kecksburg, mm -hmm. because in conspiracy theories, a lot of people think that that might have been the Nazi bell or a form of technology that was derived from that. And when you look at the similarities, I mean, it, they're not they're not a hundred. They don't overlay a hundred percent, but there are a lot of positive similarities that that you could compare e each one to i i don't know like what's your take on the, the whole kecksburg incident yeah that's uh you know that's that was something that uh, i actually remember when that happened uh as a kid because i was disappointed that i i missed it when it 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 flew you know the alleged meteorite flew overhead um uh, and then, uh, and then years later, you know, you've got these stories and Stan Gordon has been, you know, really good. The, uh, uh researcher for Pennsylvania on, uh, coming, 
digging out accounts of people who who actually you know saw this thing after it landed in, in in the woods and you're right i mean it did some people described it as looking like a giant acorn uh, that that kind of shape with the uh, larger base on the ground and then the, uh, the 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 tapering part of it above that with some kind of as they described hieroglyphics written around mm -hmm. the uh, the edge of that that base and um the uh um oh gosh what's what's his first name uh, his last name was cook but he wrote the book uh, the hunt for zero point and he was the first one this was this was a guy who was an aviation expert that uh, uh uncovered the story of uh, uh, uh of the gun or, or the bell in in Nazi uh, Germany. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's a great story, but I wish that there was more information, you know, available on whether or not the, the, they could, you know, been one of the same or using the same kind of technology, you know, because the, the research done on the actual historical Deglachen, um, doesn't really there's not enough information yet available on just exactly what it was supposed to be used for you know of course there's all kinds of speculation that it was you know anti-gravity device or or, or 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 what what have you um so and and uh, and, and i think that there's been it's just been speculation you know from somebody who you know <laughs> somewhere along the line you know observed hey these these two things look very similar um but again uh the bell the nazi bell there was never any reports that it i think that it actually did anything um other than uh, uh work in the laboratory and kill a bunch of scientists who who who, who worked with it um, so the speculation that it was going to be like maybe an anti-gravity device or what have you you know Again, that's 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 speculation. Uh, so, hopefully, someday, you know, uh, more information will come forward. You know, the uh, the main Nazi um, was he a corporal, you know, uh, colonel that was involved in that project ha ha was never found. He disappeared, and 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 uh, who knows what happened to him? You know, he may have made it to Argentina and uh, um, uh, started working for the Perón government. So, you know, maybe if, if that's the case, some further information, you know, will come out on just exactly, you know, what the Nazi bell was going to be used for, you know, or, or you know, what they were trying to achieve with that. They're all uh, hiding in Antarctica, hanging out with all the mammoths. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've, I've written about that too. So, you know. <laughs> Going into uh, more of like the, the Nazi kind of concepts too. Um, obviously, Hitler was very into the occult and he was trying to collect all of these like occult items. And he was also on the other side of it into a lot of these like sci-fi concepts. So one mm -hmm. idea that I've kind of wondered is if he was looking at these occult things, not as occult items, but as almost like alien artifacts and he was using them to push what he was trying to do as far as his like sci-fi tech versus like people thinking that he's just trying to do some like magic like maybe he had more in the know and he knew more and 
was intentionally looking for things because he knew that he needed components of them to make the certain technology he was trying to create work. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah. He he was very much into um, the the occult aspect of these these relics, um, but. I don't know if he actually um, considered them to be more of a technological base, you know, rather than 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 an occult base. Because I mean, you know, he also had his interest in um, new technology, you know, trying to develop new technology, you know, for the war. Uh, but uh, you know, I think that uh, uh, some of the people, you know, under him who were also uh, very into the whole occult idea and practices, you know, far, far beyond that, that, than what Hitler was interested in. You know, these were, these were the guys that actually um, were going and going to Tibet and trying to find, um, you know, the, the tunnels leading to the hollow earth. You know, because they felt that uh, uh, there was an Aryan race, you know, the superior Aryan race that the uh, the the surface people, surface Aryan race, descended from, and they had hoped to establish contact to uh, form an alliance then against the the Allied powers. So, you know, I I wonder at times if if Hitler was just kind of more going along with him uh, uh, because he had he had so much other crap going you know on his plate that he that he had to deal with. Now I do know that Hitler was extremely interested in the works of Nikola Tesla, and that at one point was trying to find a way he had ordered. Um, members of uh, his uh, um, East Coast spy ring that was established uh, here in the United States, even before uh, the United States entered World War II, to try to find a way to kidnap Tesla and to bring him to Nazi Germany to work for, uh, to work for the Nazis to try to... Um, he, was, he was interested in Tesla's idea on field propulsion, um, which some people speculate that was where, where the Nazi bell uh, evolved from, was, was Tesla's uh, uh, work with field propulsion. But, but Hitler wanted the real guy, and he wanted to bring him over to Germany to, to work for him, but uh, uh, could never quite, quite do it as the FBI uh, uh, kept Tesla uh, you know, under very close uh, watch, uh, despite the... Um, you know, most people think now that 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 Tesla was you know like alone and had basically been forgotten about in the later years of his life. That wasn't true. Uh, uh, the FBI kept close watch on Tesla for you know most of the 30s and uh, early 40s up up to his his death. Uh, now the Nazis did manage to get a hold of quite a bit, I guess, of of Hit, uh, Hitler's uh, Tesla's uh, documents notes, paperwork, things like that, and uh, which, again, you know, that may have uh, uh, been part of what later became the, uh, the, the Nazi bell. 
a lot of this material then ended up in the hands after the end of the war of the Soviet Union and then put into the uh, um, uh, the Tesla Museum in, in what used to be Belgrade, uh, Yugoslavia. Uh, but, you know, it's in the city of Belgrade now. I mean, going back with the, the Hitler concept, too, I mean, it could have been that he was hiding things behind the occult because if he's trying to do advanced technology and you let word out that this artifact, for example, might have a component that you need for this piece of advanced technology, uh, you don't want to let people know that it's better to hide it as it's a woo-woo occult thing so that other governments are looking at it like it's not worth going after when really you might be looking at it from a real-world perspective of, you know, I can use this to advance this technology. And just his interest in Tesla also kind of furthers that point that I feel like he was... um, had a lot more mind in the attack than the occult, but he hid it behind a cult so that people didn't know what his true intentions could have possibly been. Yeah, that, you know, I mean, very, very possibly. I mean, there, there were definitely uh, artifacts that, that he was very keen on getting a hold of, uh, like the, uh, the, the, the Holy Spear is uh, the one that, that uh, you know, comes, comes to my mind. And, uh, uh the, there were stories of of Hitler being part of, you know, a, an occult group before he became chancellor chancellor of, of Germany, and that this occult group was actually channeling uh, messages from an alleged uh, uh, extraterrestrial race. I can't remember the, the name of the planet uh, that, that, that they you know said that they are coming from, but this this group actually channeled like blueprints of a spacecraft that uh, that required um, exotic materials to help uh, put it together. So you know you you look at that scenario, and uh, as you suggested, you know could it be? that some of these so-called, you know, religious, uh, spiritual artifacts that Hitler was interested in obtaining, um, you know, actually contained elements that would have been uh, uh, required or crucial to the, 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 the building of this prototype uh, spaceship. Uh, you know, the, the, the funny thing about it is, is that this, after Hitler became uh, uh, the, the, the Chancellor of Germany, and uh, uh, this group that he had been a member of um, for a while remained within his inner circle, but after Hitler obtained some of these holy objects, then they were on the outs and actually ended up uh, uh, fleeing Germany in order to save their lives, and then ultimately, uh, uh, you know, dropped out of sight completely with speculation that uh, somehow the, they were able to flee the planet and that, uh, you know, Hitler actually um, lost something. And maybe that's, maybe that's what you were, uh, uh, you know, referring to, you know, when you're talking about this, that, that, that Hitler actually lost something when this group disappeared, it was taken from him, and ultimately he lost the war because of it. So you know that's 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 interesting that you would mention that. I hadn't thought about that in a while. Well, Stan brings up a lot of great points, and wow, yeah, you 
you came and you delivered today, Tim. And uh, I know uh, we would love to have you back on uh, Bizarre Encounters. And I would actually like to uh, extend an invitation for you to come on uh, My Third Eye, which is my podcast. And maybe we could uh, talk about some of this reality versus re uh, or yeah, royalty versus religion. And, uh, you know, the whole control structure that, that came to be and and see what paths we can go down with that. But uh, yeah, for sure. our I'd listeners, um, let people know where they can find your book uh, or books, I should say, and any social media or websites that, that you have that you can be found at. Also, just a quick thing, too. If you have a top three books that you recommend people to check out, um, I feel like it's always good to give people a basic premise of like where you think they should start with your books, of course, if they want to read your books, too. Oh, sure. Well, um, any of my books you can find on uh, uh, Amazon.com, uh, as well as your uh, your favorite local bookstore. If you can't find my books at your favorite lo local bookstore, uh, uh, request them, because uh, I'm, I'm a very big proponent of, uh, of people patronizing your, your local bookstores. Uh, my most recent book is called, um, I have to look at the title here, Alien <laughs> Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters, written by myself and Sean Castile and uh, other contributing writers like uh, um, Scott Corrales and Nigel Watson and um, uh, people like that. That's uh, um, we we came out with that uh, oh, a couple months ago. So you know you can find that one uh, on Amazon and highly recommended. Enjoy the book a lot. Um, my website is conspiracyjournal.com. Say that again, conspiracyjournal.com. Uh, as I always like to say, it's got all the weird news and information that they don't want you to know. Uh, my other social media accounts tend to be more family oriented and stuff like that. You know, I mean, I am on Facebook and Instagram and things like that, but uh, really my website and my books are, are probably the best places that, uh, that you can find uh, uh, dealing with my, my research and, and writing and things like that. And, you know, uh, Shows like this. I'm also the uh, the co-host of uh, the Paracast uh, with uh, the host Gene Steinberg, and uh, it's at uh, uh, the theparacast.com. Uh, very very simple. Now, as for recommended books, uh, you talking about my books or just books in general? Uh, your books. Your books. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I, I think Alien Artifacts is 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 a really good one. I mean, it's it's my most recent one. Um, I have a book called uh, Jeff the Talking Mongoose, the uh, Eighth Wonder of the World. I love that book. It, it deals with a very weird uh, uh, poltergeist haunting uh, phenomena that took place in the 1930s on the uh, the the Isle of Man. Uh, you know, fascinating story, and uh, uh, you get a lot out of that book. And uh, um, probably uh, the Lost Journals of Nikola Tesla is uh, one of my oldest books wrote that one in uh, 2000 and it's uh, it, it hasn't gone out of print uh, uh, since that uh, the time I've actually gone and uh, had uh, several updates on it but uh, uh, you can find that one uh, still on Amazon you downplayed your podcast a little bit uh, you guys have pushing on uh, a thousand episodes so uh, it, well, it, I've not, only yeah. I've only been with uh, the Paracast for the past year. 
uh, uh, previously, I was on a show called Exploring the Bazaar with the late, great uh, uh, Timothy Green Beckley. And uh, so after, uh, after unfortunately, Mr. Beckley passed away, then uh, I joined uh, Gene for uh, the Paragast. Yeah, I really appreciate you making the time to come on today, man. You got a crazy interesting perspective on things, and you are an absolute plethora of knowledge. Like, when we we did our episode, it went two and a half hours. This one's going about two hours, and I think we could probably do another 20 hours worth of episodes with you, just <laughs> digging around different components of your brain and different things that you've researched. You're a very fascinating individual. <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much. I, uh, I enjoyed talking to you guys tonight, and uh, I hope your audience enjoys this as well. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely they, – they, sure they, they will. will. Yeah. <laughs> if they're into the stuff that we're into, they're going to love this episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I had a great time. What a great guest that was, Shane. Oh, wow. We could have talked to him for, I don't know, like you said at the end, 20 more hours. Uh, <laughs> guy's a, a wealth of knowledge. Um, if you liked this episode, uh, please go support Tim, Tim Swartz and all his work. Uh, all this stuff will be mentioned in – uh, the show notes, and he also reviews it at the uh, I'll, you just heard it. So, um, if you want to uh, share your encounters and be a guest, um, hit us up on uh, IG, um, at Bizarre Encounters, or you can go to our email, which is Bizarre Encounters at Outlook.com. That's Bizarre Encounters at Outlook.com. If you don't want to spell out Bizarre Encounters uh, at Outlook.com, just go over to the Linktree page on uh, our social media. Uh, or if you want to go to L-I-N-K uh, T-R-E-E forward slash yada 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 and type all that out you can do that too or it, the easiest way just go to Bizarre Encounters on Instagram go to the link in the in the bio and hit the link tree and there's a submit, submission form uh, that links it right to our email and bada bing bada boom we get it we look at it and we'll reach back out to you if you want to send us an audio clip and you want your voice to maybe be disguised for anonymity reasons, Shane has the software to do that. We can make you sound any way you want. Um, I don't know if we can make you sound like a gay purple uh, alien from planet Zetar. Sure, he could. But uh, definitely try. <laughs> uh, other th yeah, he'll try. He'll give it his best. So uh, other than that, um, like I said, like, share, subscribe, pass this around, you know, be annoying with it. And other than that, you know, hey, Shane, tell tell the listeners what else we have to offer over here. If anybody is also interested in sponsoring the show in any way, shape, or form, uh, there's a topic that they really want us to dive into on one of our deep dive episodes, uh, or if there's a guest that you guys just really want to see us have on the show that we can try to get in contact with, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, just in general, if there's anything you can, you feel you can contribute to the show too, be it you know you want to throw some fan art, um, you just have some opinions on some things that we talk about, and you want to help us expand in our theories, uh, whatever you want to do, man. Like we want to hear from you guys. Um, the least we can do is respond to you guys if you guys take the time to send us a message because we're only be able to do this because you guys support us. So the least we can do is support back to you, and we want to talk to you, of course. So don't feel scared to uh to talk to us like let's break that barrier let's let's have a conversation even if it's just a normal conversation uh you never know what might come of it you know like you might spark something that i might use for a future episode or whatever like i, I just want to talk to you guys you guys are probably all awesome people because you know that's why you're listening to our shows because of course you're awesome people but <laughs> um 
like Ghost was mentioning, and he started kind of throwing throwing it at you guys. If anybody wants to check us out on Linktree, um, it is available in the show description. Uh, there'll probably be a little bit of a quicker way for you guys to get access to it. And uh, if you want to type it out, it's uh, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Bizarre Encounters. And with that, stay bizarre. Stay bizarre. Bizarre. <laughs> <laughs>